Good morning, Westridge. Good to see you today. Good to be here with you. Uh, we're going to continue on in our guardrail series right now. When Greg told me about the series uh, title, immediately my mind went to the annual trip that my wife Darla and I take to Estes Park. I remember the first time we went up into Rocky Mountain National Park driving Trail Ridge Road up to the Continental Divide. And I was driving. As we went further up the road, the steeper the drop-off became on the sides of, of the road around us. And there are not many guardrails on this trail at all. And you can look down for what seems like miles into the valley below. And my, and my wife, I noticed as we ascended, my wife began to move closer to the middle of the car. Now, this was normal when we were first dating, but not so much now. And I looked at her, and she said, man, looking over the edge just gives me the willies. And I laughed, and I said, honey, I know you think you're more protected over here, but if your side goes down, my side's going down too. Now, I know the guardrails on the road would have made her feel a whole lot more comfortable as we were driving. And that's what guardrails do. No, they set up the, they're set up on the roads we travel to keep people away from dangerous places, protect us from oncoming traffic. Uh, guardrails are markers along the edges of the roadway showing us where we can travel with safety. Without guardrails, boundaries become rather nebulous and we can find ourselves off track and running into dangerous situations. We need the protection that guardrails bring us. And this is extremely apparent when it comes to the heart. I want you to listen to what the wisest man who ever lived had to say on this subject. He said these words, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. See, when it comes to the heart, we definitely leave guardrails put in place. And we're going to look at that today in the heart of the matter. There's something that every one of us share in common here today. It's working right now. We all have a heart, and it's beating. Aren't you glad? Yes, sir. The heart is an incredible organ. You know, it's about the size of our fist, weighs about half a pound, but it is a workhorse. Because over the course of a day, the heart pumps about 100,000 times. It pushes 2,000 gallons of blood through our 60,000 miles of blood vessels that every body contains. In under a minute, the heart can pump blood to every cell in our body. And this muscle creates enough pressure that if a vein was opened, it could squirt blood 30 feet away. Women's hearts beat faster than men's do. Laughter helps the heart. In fact, laughter increases blood flow through the vessels, vessel walls called endothelium, causing them to relax. And the effect of a good laugh can last up to 45 minutes. It's important to laugh hard. And laugh often. Now we use this word in, in, in conversation many times. My heart just isn't in it. She broke my heart. My heart aches for your situation. Or I love you with all my what? My heart, you bet. The Greeks believed that the heart was the seat of the spirit. In fact, the Greek word for heart is cardia, from which we get our cardio work, workouts from today. I want you to listen to what Jesus said about this muscle during a time of testing that he endured from the Jewish leaders. The leaders had, had come to Jesus' disciples, questioning them about their lack of following the hand-washing laws that they had set into place. The Jewish leaders had all kinds of elaborate rituals in place to make you ceremonially clean. 
You had to wash them with your hands a certain way. You had to wash them a certain amount of time in order to wash away any contact with people who weren't Jewish. Jesus said this, Listen and understand. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean. What comes out of his mouth, though, that is what makes him unclean. Later on, he explained these words to his disciples. He said, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands, yeah, that does not make him unclean. Now, what Jesus is describing in these verses here is what happens to an unguarded heart. I look at these words, these descriptors of what comes out of a heart that's unguarded. I, I do not want those pouring out of my life. I don't want murder, adultery, envy, all these different things. I don't want those issuing from my heart. And if I want to prevent that from happening, I know I need to have guardrails in place. So here's the theme for today. Guarded hearts produce life. That's what I want from my heart. I hope that's what you want from your heart. I want to go back to the verse that I started with today. Proverbs 4, 23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. I brought a bulletproof vest with me today, just in case, right? All right, so my son is a, a sergeant down at Rana Police Department. He wears a bulletproof vest underneath his uniform shirt when he goes on duty. This is a, this is a plate cover. This is the one that goes over the top of a uniform. It has places in here, this is not the plates right now, that you can put ceramic plates inside these. One plate goes in the back, one plate goes in the front. Now, what does this plate guard? Tell me. It's the heart. It's the heart. It covers the vital area of your body. Because here's the truth. When this heart stops, everything else does too. Now, I'm very glad my son wears one of these. Uh, police work is uh, challenging at best. And uh, he does a good job, but I'm very glad he wears these because I remember going to uh, his graduation from the police institute, the institute of uh, academy that he went to, and one of the, they did a, a seminar for family members. He said this, the guy who leads said, the first rule we, treat, we teach our cadets is that their number one job is to get back home to their family at the end of the shift. I'm glad he guards his heart physically. Because he said, what the, what the, basically what the instructor was saying is let's, put, let's keep first things first. Get back to your family. Solomon said this, above all else, guard your heart. So above all else, first things first. First things first. Above all else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. Life issues from this. And if this is the source of life, we must protect the source if life is going to pour out of us. Now, you should have received one of these today when you walked in. I love coffee. Coffee loves me, okay? It just works out that way, okay? When I brew a pot, I put the grounds in one of these, 
and it allows a nice filtered brew to pour into the carafe, right? A couple of years ago, I was at a friend's house, and he had a French press. He, he brewed this coffee, put it in the French press, poured me a cup, and I fell in love all over again, okay? I mean, it was just beautiful. I told Darla about it. So for Christmas, she bought me a French press. I have never been able to figure this thing out. <laughs> Honestly. Because I'll, I'll brew the coffee in it, I'll, I'll, I'll push it down, you know, or I'll, I'll, I'll push it down, right? And, and the coffee always ends up being rather um, chewy. <laughs> Coffee's not supposed to be chewy, right? Okay. For some reason, the contraption here, the filter, is not filtering the grounds out. So they infiltrate the liquid, producing a, a chewy brew, okay? Now, the reason I gave you the filter today is that I believe we need to have the filters in place that will prevent the infiltration of the things that Jesus was talking about here. Because the reality of it is, things are always trying to infiltrate our lives and, and infiltrate our hearts and, and do damage. Because if we let them in, well, we'll talk about that more in just a minute. So let's talk a couple of minutes about some of the infiltrators that I think that we, we will face as we walk down through life. One infiltrator, envy. I'm just going to tell you about some of mine, okay? Envy. I had a friend who was doing a survey of church planning directors' uh, salaries a couple of weeks ago. He asked for input from four of us. Comparison is never a good thing. He said, I'm going to send you out the results when we're done. Comparison is never a good thing, Right? It leads to one of two things, envy or pride. I was on the envy side of this one when I looked at the figures. Here's the deal. It doesn't take long for envy to lead to dissatisfaction and complaining. Let me ask you. We've all seen little shoots of trees growing up around our trees, right? Coming from the seeds. When is the best time to pull one of those? I was mowing the other day, and I told Darla, I said, hey, there's a shoot of that tree coming up. That's exactly what I'm going to talk about the other, uh, on Sunday. And she said, okay. Pop. I said, that's exactly what I'm going to talk about Sunday. That's the best time to pull them, right? When they just start. You don't want to wait till the tree gets two or three feet tall before you try to pull it, because then it's a whole different thing, right? Now, what I did in this case of envy, because I'll tell you, it just came pouring into me. And what I did in this case, because I, I knew what it was, first of all, I thank God for giving me what he's given me. I am blessed in a lot of ways. I also thank God for giving my friends the blessings he'd given them. And then I apologize for griping about what I have. See, if I don't pull the, the thing before the roots get set... I'm in trouble. So envy is one thing. Doubt is another thing. Have you ever wondered if God's going to come through for you this time? Billy Graham was once asked, has God ever let you down? His response, almost a couple of times. Been there? We all have. We all have. <laughs> have you ever noticed that Father's timing is different than what we expect at times? or even what we desire at times. And when things don't happen like we think they should or in the order in which we think they should, 
It can cause that seed of doubt to begin to take root and begin to, to grow. And we wonder if God's really there or if maybe this time he's just not going to be able to do it. Doubt's real. These are things that come from inside in my life. But then there are the things that come from the outside, the things that try to infiltrate. I'm, I'm not, let's talk about bad company. Bad company. Uh, the Bible says it like this, bad company corrupts good character. I, I think back to friends I have had in my past, and I'll be honest, I've had some doozies. I have had some doozies. I had one buddy in high school who was <laughs> an incredibly reckless driver. I, I grew up in Vegas, and we were pulled over on the strip one night for, well, he, was, he had chosen to drag, drag race another guy. He got another ticket another night when we were together. Uh, the third time, he, uh, he hit a car and left without leaving any. I mean, he was just bad news. I loved being with him. I did. That was a problem. But he was not good for me. I'm glad we moved from Vegas to San Diego because I think probably sooner or later, I was always with him. He made bad choices. But, you know, Reality. I've also looked at times when I always haven't been the best influence either on other people's lives. I mean, the question we need to ask is, who are we letting speak into our lives? Whose talk do we listen to? Who do we go to for, for direction and advice? And I'll be honest, guys, if our closest allies have a negative effect on our thought lives and on our actions, we probably need to make a change. Because sooner or later, that'll catch us. See, infiltration, who or what are we letting into our heart space is a question we need to continue to ask because we need filters in place. Uh, these are just a few things that seek to infiltrate our lives. And I'll be honest, what, what affects me may not affect you, but we all have them. And that's why we have to put filters in place. And we're used to filters. Our cars have them. Our coffee pots have them. We put filters on our furnaces. Our sinks have filters at the end of the faucet, all because we don't want things getting in that shouldn't get in. The same thing holds true for our lives. So what kind of filters should we put into place to guard our hearts, to put guardrails up that will keep infiltration from happening? Well, I just I a couple ideas for you. I think we need to listen to the Spirit. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the gift of the Holy Spirit. He is God living inside every follower of Jesus. And I read this during my devotions the other day. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, when infiltrators push against our heart walls, and, and they will, we have somebody inside who can guide us if we're willing to listen. As so I talked about envy earlier. I knew right after I started thinking that way that my thinking was not right. I knew something was wrong here. And I knew who it was who was telling me something's wrong here, so you need to take care of this. Pull the root, pull the root. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I went fishing with my grandchildren. I, I used one of these, isn't this pretty? Look at all that hair, huh? Yeah, look at all that hair, Okay. <laughs> Now, Darren's going to talk a little bit more about this next week, so I'm just going to real quick, real quick. It looks very enticing. And when fish see this, they see the lure. But inside the lure, 
is a very sharp hook. And once hooked, the fish is toast. I believe when we make room in our lives for the Spirit to speak into our lives, we get that voice of warning when we encounter things that just aren't right. And in fact, I'll be honest, here's, here's the way this usually works for me. When I feel something isn't right, <laughs> it usually isn't. It usually isn't. And that's why I need to go the, the opposite direction. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Spirit inside of you. He will talk to you. Other times I, I hear his voice as I read the Bible. Again, warning me against things that are going to harm me. Uh, secondly, I think being together like this in church, boy, just something special happens here when we're together. I love, the, I love what the Michael, the, the band, what they put together every week for us music-wise because it speaks to my heart. Hey, the words. You know, singing those words to the Father or speaking to the Father, whatever, however you want to do it, lifting up my voice and thanking God for who he is, praying together, taking communion together. I was talking to somebody in between services and listening to the voices out in the lobby as people talk together. I mean, this is good. And it builds strength in the walls. Layers of protective filters happen here as we're together. I say, never discount what happens on a Sunday morning because magical things can happen here. And when I'm not able to be in this setting, I miss it. I truly miss it. Uh, Thirdly, I think good company. See, if bad company corrupts good character, I think that good company builds good character. I mean, who do you have speaking into your lives? Are voices encouraging or discouraging? Are they building you up or are they putting little tears into your heart muscle? I have a DVD of a, an interview I did with Darren's dad, Bob, about two years before he, before he passed. And uh, he was always a great encourager to me. He was a great encourager in ministry and church planting. He saw things in me that I just couldn't see. And he, he built me up. And I kept those words on a DVD because I'll be honest, every now and then when I go through a time of doubt or discouragement, I play those, I play those words, I hear his voice speaking to me again. I'll tell you, it was good the first time. But it's even more powerful now because they're a good reminder of how important it is to have the right people speaking into your life. You remember that Lego connector a few weeks ago? We only have so many relational connection points in our life. And while we need to be with people who are outside the family of God, we want to bring people in. We also need to make sure that we surround ourselves with people who will help guard our hearts. People who will lift us up when we need lifting. Or people who will, will give us a kick in the behind when we need a kick in the behind. And you know we'll encounter both those situations. If we only have so many connectors, we need to be with builders, not breakers. So these are just some of the filters I think we can put in place. There's so many more we could talk about, but these just uh, give you an idea because I want you to know that guarded hearts produce life and they bring hope to others. I want that to flow from me. 
And I want to bring people hope who aren't living with hope now. So what can we do this next week to bring, put filters in place? Well, I'm just going to give you three, three ideas. First of all, I want to ask you to exercise relentlessly. Listen to the Spirit actively and then yield to the Spirit willingly. Now, I put all these in active form because I think these are something we need to continue to do. It's not a one-and-done type thing. These are choices that, that we make. Uh, think about it physically as far as heart health goes. Is it a natural thing to go and, and walk or jog or anything like that to exercise? Is that natural? Heavens, no. Sometimes it's not even fun. But we need it. We need it. So here's the thing I want to ask you. Exercise your spiritual heart every day. Take time this week to read the Bible or listen to the Bible. If you don't like reading, that's fine. Listen to it. Take the Version app and just listen. We need to get this into our lives. Because the more time we spend with the Father, the stronger we'll be. And I'm asking you to make this time a priority. You don't have to do it for long. Just do it every day. The first step to guarding the heart is it takes exercise. So do whatever makes you grow closer to the Lord, but I think it starts with the Word. Uh, Secondly, I want to encourage you to listen to the Spirit actively this week. Ask Him for filtering advice. I mean, are there things you're involved with? You know, games you're playing, things you're watching or reading, relationships that you have that are inviting damage into your life and into your heart. And what I want to ask you to do is to get away where you can spend some time just in quiet and ask the Spirit to reveal to you if there are those things you're engaged in. It takes quiet sometimes. Just to be alone, just to listen and ask. And then the third thing is, if you listen to Him, He's going to reveal things to you. So here's the main challenge. If you, if you know you have things in your life that are causing heart damage, it's time to put your guard up. Don't let these things take root and grow and become massive trees. No, don't just, we need, we need to take care of them. So I'll ask you to do one thing. Just defeat it one day. And you don't have to defeat it on your own. You have the Spirit with you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have, you have God living inside of you to guard, and to help. So do one thing. Beat it one time. Beat it one time. And see what happens. See what happens. You know, see, personally, I do real well at at the first one. I really do. I I read and pray just about every day. Try to listen. I try to listen to the Spirit, what He's trying to tell me as I read, as I think, and as I pray. I know the benefit of being in tune. I'll tell you what, I, I do pretty good at the first one, decent at the second one, and the third one. I don't do too well at all times. Because many times I fight the Spirit instead of yielding to the Spirit. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to try this week too, to yield. yield. And when, I, when I, He reveals things to me, I'm going to be praying the same thing. I'm going to try to beat it once. Will you join me? The heart matters. I want a heart that produces life. I think you do too. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for who you are. 
And I thank you for the hope that you've given to we who follow you. And I know too, there are many who don't. Lord, I just pray for people we know who are looking for hope. Let us be light and hope as we show them Jesus in us. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I'm thankful for the fact that you help our hearts be clean because of the gift you gave us of your son. It's in his name I pray. 